It's that God can work in anything for good. The way that He writes it is glory to glory, page for page, no matter how it looks. If you need a highway through the sea, a mountain to be moved, you did it for me. the God of endless miracles, ain't nothing he can do, he did it for me, he can do it for you, I know you've been asking, hoping and praying, but somehow he can make the wrong things right, heaven's been listening, something If you need a highway through the sea, a mountain to be moved, you did it for me, he can do it for you. He's the God of endless miracles, ain't nothing he can do, he did it for me, he can do it for you. the warm heart. Good morning. Great to have you on this uh, fall day. It is, it is wet out there. It is so good to see each and every one of you. Welcome. We are blessed to have you with us, and uh, we hope, pray that you find a blessing in today's service. If this is your first time here, welcome. We, we are just excited to have you uh, here today. If you're joining us online, welcome to all of you. We are blessed again for, to have you as part of our worship uh, family today. About once a month, we like to say hello to those who are joining us online. They never get to be a part of the meet and greet. Could you do me a favor? Could you just look back at that camera right up there and just say, good morning. Good morning. There you go. (laughs) Uh, My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your warm heart pastors.
You might be wondering, where's Pastor Jen? Where's Lisa? Where's, the, where's all the staff today? Uh, where's the kids? Where's the youth? Uh, we have family camp going on this weekend. They are up at McCall, uh, enjoying all of that. So we just pray for uh, God's blessings on them, that they're not getting soaked as well. But uh, safe travels tomorrow when they all come back uh, from family camp. I think we got about 40, 45 folk up there this week, and uh, we just pray. Pray God's blessings for them. How are my football fans today? <laughs> you be quiet. You be quiet in the back. Who did Missouri play? Uh, let's see. South Dakota. All right. <laughs> Give me games. Give me games. Uh, <laughs> I, I said that at the first service, and he did the whole thought. Uh, Don Brister, who was our worship leader, got up, Mr. Texas A&M, and he was, it's a season that you win some. You well, If you're Nebraska, you lose some, and you lose some. Uh, that's, that's what you do. <laughs> well, we're, we're proud to have you with us. Uh, check the bulletin, see if there's an announcement that means something to you. We do have some small groups starting up. Uh, Five Marks of a Methodist, Financial Peace University, those are two that are coming up. There's a lot of more coming up as well. Check the website for more information. Sign in, let us know you're here. We appreciate you letting us know. Every row, every pew has a pad, and you can check in and uh, tell us that you're there. Let's take a moment. Well, uh, real fast. Communion. We do have Communion Sunday. It is, the table is set, ready to go. If you are joining us online, have your elements ready, and we will bless them through the interwebs, right, to, uh, to wherever you are. My kids love it when I say interwebs. Uh, they also laugh because I still have AOL as my email. <laughs> I am from 1997. That's me. Uh, let's take a moment, greet those around us in Christian love, and then remain standing for the opening songs.
like fifth grade and down. I know a lot of them are at family camp. We had quite a few at the first service. We got you today. So good to see you. I like your shoes. Those are nice looking shoes. Let's see. Have you ever made a promise? Maybe. Someday, someday you'll probably just do the, say a lot more like, I promise I'll do this and I promise I'll do that. Anybody out here ever make a promise? Oh, yeah. I promise that I will prepay that car loan. I, pro- I, I swear that the drive through at the bank is the only, the only reason they have that is so the real owners of the car can see it every now and then when you pull through. That's the other promises we make. Uh, ooh, I promise that I'll make my bed. I promise that I'll brush my teeth. I promise that I'll floss every now and then. Yeah. I promise. Let's see. I promise I'll do my homework. I promise. Life is full of promises. And God is a God of promises. Throughout the entire Bible, it talks about how God is faithful. He's faithful to the promises that he'll always be with us and always be with you. Now, we're in our Ten Commandments series, and uh, this is the one that I was trying to figure out how to play this off on children's time. Thou shalt not commit... Yeah, I see you. You guessed it. Good job. Uh, Yeah, how do you do that with this? And we're going to talk about promises. Have you ever been to a wedding? Nope, not yet. Someday. So at a wedding, we have one person stand right here, and we have one person stand right here, and I, I have them hold hands like they like each other for a while. Matter of fact, we got we got uh, t- uh, two folk in here today. I'm doing their wedding. I'm doing their kids' wedding next week up in Stanley. It's good to have you guys from Illinois. Thank you. Uh, I got four weddings this weekend. Can you believe that? Wedding season, four weddings and two funerals. It's like a movie. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not Hugh Grant. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but they hold hands and and they make promises to each other. So let's say I got, uh, give, me, give me a name of one person. Bob. Bob. Give me the name of another person. Sally. Sally. All right, so we got Bob and Sally. So I'm up there, and they're making promises. And I, and I ask, Bob, repeat after me. And so Bob's got to look lovingly into Sally's eyes. So a lot of times Bob forgets to look at Sally. Bob looks at me, and I have to remind him, you're not marrying me, you're marrying Sally. Look at Sally. It happens. And we do the vows, and I say, repeat after me. Uh, in the name of God, I, Bob, take you, Sally, to be my wife. To have and to hold. You ever, you ever, have you ever had someone to hold before? Yeah. From this day forward, for better, for worse, have you ever lived through those better days? Yeah. Have you ever lived through those worse days? Yeah. Happens. Better, for worse. For richer, for poorer, have you ever lived through those richer days? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever lived through those poor days? Yeah. They could take the house. They could take, take the car. But you and me, were sticking around. That, that's my wife. If you ever look at me, that's, that's, I'm picking on her. Uh, if she ever leaves me, I'm going with her. <laughs> no, one, no one else wants this. But I don't know, for rich or poor, in sickness and in health. Have you ever had to stick, stay together in health? Have you ever had to stay together in sickness? Yeah. To love and to cherish as long as we both shall live. And they make promises that they're going to stand together through life. And it's beautiful. And it's wonderful. Now, a lot of times, they look at you up here at Children's Time, don't they? 
We're going to take a look at them for a minute. Can you help me out? Can you help me real fast? Can you stand up? Let's take a look at them. If you've been married at... All right. If you've been married, let's say, and it, at any time, whether we, you're widowed or divorced, whatever it is, if you've ever been married five years or more, raise your hand. You got to take a look. That's a lot of hands. Keep your hands up. If you've been married at any time, 10 years or more, 15 years or more, 20 years or more, 25 years or more. 30 years or more, 35, you're going strong, 40, 45, can I get a 50, I feel like an auctioneer, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60, 61, way, 61, 61 years. I hate to say it, the first service had you beat. <laughs> we had quite a few over 50 plus. Um, at my last church, I had, uh, with, uh, there was a couple that was married 75 years. And I asked him, what's the secret? And he looked at me with loving eyes and said, stay alive. <laughs> All right. Good, good plan. That's a good plan. But we make these promises that we stand together through life. And we do our best. It doesn't always work out, but we do our best. But God is a God of promises, and he is always faithful. Can you pray with me today? God above, we give thanks for this little one that we just pray that as she grows in in size, in godliness, in education, and in love, that she knows that there is a faithful God. And may we as a congregation be faithful to her and all those her age, that they may know that they are loved. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for coming down. There's no Sunday school today because all the teachers are at family camp. (laughs) I know they're getting ready for a song, but we're going to do a prayer first. Yeah. Let's be a people of prayer. Lord of summer sunshine autumn harvest and sweet fall rain be with us this day as we encounter your word and your way for us remind us that we can place our trust in your eternal love for indeed you are faithful help us to be more effective in our witness to that love by word and deed and and guide our steps and pick us up when we falter dust us off and place us back on the pathway of grace and of love Help us to be a strong voice of hope to those who feel lost. Help us to be a home to strangers, to give, to give drink and nourishment to, to those in need. Lord, bless all of those that we name in our hearts to you this morning. Touch each life with blessing and peace and mercy. Give us strength and, and empower us for the ministries that you have called us to. God, today I just ask that you bless these people gathered here today, that they may be a blessing and a gift to our community, to our nation, and to our world. It is in your Son's name that we gather, that we sing, that we pray, 
that we serve as we join our voices in one prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you to sing, sing, uh, stand and sing as, uh, our next song, I Surrender All.
Please be seated. So I, I picked the hymns for the first service, and I usually have that. Uh, they're out about six months ahead of time, just so the uh, people can uh, start working on them and look at it. And I, I don't have the sermon series lined up until a little later. Um, and so when I, lined, <laughs> when I lined up the hymns that I had picked for today for the earlier service and the sermon topic of Thou Shall Not Commit Adultery, I had to change the hymn, because I don't think the hymn, He Touched Me, would be so appropriate. <laughs> And our scripture leader today, who's been, uh, who reads about once a year, uh, happens to be my wife. And I did not realize that this would also line up together as well. So, Is there a specific reason they picked me for this Sunday? Uh, a little sketchy. Anyway, today our uh, first scripture comes from the Old Testament in Exodus verses, uh, uh, chapter 20, verse 14. You shall not commit adultery. And from Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 to 30, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, Cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. And from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. So here we are, continuing our look at the Ten Commandments. Thus far, we have explored six of them. So we got four more to go. And of all the commands, though, this is the one that had me going, huh, huh, huh. What, what do you do with this? Uh, to, spoke to some pastor friends that said we're doing Ten Commandments, and they said, you're skipping one, right? Like, no, I, I'm, we're, we're, we're going we're gonna to touch on it. How do you talk about sexual ethics in this day and age? And what words do you say, especially if there's kids in the, in the, in the sanctuary or they're watching online? Uh, at home, at home I still use the word, uh, it's, it's a dumb thing that we just started a long time ago. We call it kissy kissy, you know, for intimacy, just kissy kissy. Uh, my kids are now like in college and high school and I still use kissy kissy and they're like, dad, you can say it, we know. Like, all right, I'm going to be 90 You'll be 70 and I'll still be saying kissy kissy because I just don't want to know that my kids know what's going on in, in the world. I had a college kid once ask me, Pastor Mike, why is God so concerned about intimacy? Why is he worried about what we can and cannot do in the bedroom? And my response to him was, hey, Ben, how often do you think about it? And he goes like, every other minute. Yeah, that's why God cares about it, because you care about it. And it's important to you, and it's important to God. He made it in the first place. The very first thing that God told human beings, the very first thing he told them in the garden, was go forth and multiply. It wasn't go love each, it was multiply. Make babies. Go for it. 
So this morning we're going to take a quick look at the seventh commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Now just to say, too many have been hurt by being cheated on. And I pray that this homily will not reopen that wound too much. I want this to be a sermon of grace and love. If you are on the other side and have committed the adultery and have since come to terms and have like forgiveness and reconciliation and all that, I pray that this homily doesn't sound so fire and brimstone. I want this to be a sermon of grace and a sermon of love. I know some of these subjects in the Ten Commandments can get very, very personal. So we're just going to start off lighthearted. Is that okay? Lighthearted. One of the customs that have trickled down over the centuries has been the use of wedding bands. Y'all, some of you got your wedding band here today? That's right. Did you know that the Bible says do not wear gold? Are you breaking that one? I'm breaking that one. Yeah. Just for fun, I looked up to see where this tradition began. And we can take it back to the Egyptians. The Egyptians would, would fashion reeds into rings and they would, they would, they would give them to their, to, their, to their love. If you're religious or non-religious, we wear wedding rings. If you are Catholic, if you're Protestant, if you're Mormon, you wear wedding rings. If you're a non-believer or if you're a believer, you wear a wedding ring. It's just something that we do, right? Doesn't matter. We do. We wear rings. Gentlemen, when you were, when you were starting at the dating age and into high school, college, and beyond, you were trained. Look for rings. Do not go approach someone if they're wearing a ring. They are off the market. Right? Matter of fact, it was women that wore the rings for centuries. Guys, you were off the hook. You didn't have to wear a ring. It wasn't until about 150 to 200 years ago that we started wearing rings as men. George Washington never wore a wedding band. It wasn't for guys at that time. It was a sign of possession. It was a sign of you belong to someone. Now, uh, the metallurgy, and uh, it, be, it became cheaper uh, to, to fashion rings made of metal. And uh, we, we kind of got a little more on the equal side. And so now we, we wear rings as well to say that we belong in a loving, kind, Christian way, to someone else. There was a belief that what we call the ring finger, uh, at least in Egyptian times, that there was a vein that went from this finger all the way to the heart. That's nice. Or it could be the most useless finger that we have, so we have to do something with it. So let's, let's put it, let's put it, we even call it the ring finger, right? <laughs> Because uh, that's, that's what we do. Over the years, it was getting ridiculous. Uh, they were just getting more and more ornamental and, and gaudy and huge. The Puritans, when they came over for Thanksgiving, you know, the, the, the 1620, the Puritans, when they came over for religious freedom, one of their rules was no jewelry, no wedding bands. We're getting away from that. Thank God we passed a, a little bit beyond uh, that as well. But we do, we do look at it and go, oh, you know, we look at the clarity, we look at the size, we go, wow, I, mm, they must really love me. Uh, I, I got lucky when I got married because it was, what? What do they say? How much are you supposed to spend on this? How many months salary? Is it two months? Was it two months salary? See, I, I got engaged when I was in grad school and I was broke. So two months salary, that was easy. We could do that. 
still works. still works 25 years later. But underneath it all, this is an outward and visible sign of the love within their hearts, signifying to all the uniting of two people in holy marriage. Those whom God has brought together, let no one put asunder. By these rings, we tell other people that we will not sleep with anybody else. So what is adultery? Believe it or not, there's a little bit of confusion around it and why it's so important that God put it in the Ten Commandments. In short, adultery is just, it's intimacy for those outside of the marriage commitment. That's what it is. When someone who is married goes outside the marriage for intimacy. Jesus, Jesus even said, uh, just, just looking. If you're just window shopping, that's, you know, that, that's the road. You don't want to go down that road. It blows my mind when people said, it just happened. You said yes to a lot of other things before that, generally. When two single adults sleep together, that's not adultery. That's fornication. That's something else. But it's not adultery. God is only concerned in in the Ten Commandments with those who have made a promise to each other. Single people can't break this commandment. Why does God care about what happens in a marriage? Why does God tell us that the wedding bed must not be defiled? And as I thought about this, I was reminded by what a marriage represents. Because in a, in a wedding, like I've, I've done almost 400 of these <laughs> weddings in the last 25 years, uh, you can play with the wedding ceremony a lot. I even tell my couples, here's, here's a whole bunch of greetings you could use. Here's a whole bunch of uh, blessings that you could use. Here's a whole bunch of scriptures if you want. If you don't want scriptures, that's fine. If you don't want prayers, that's fine. If you don't want rings, that's fine. If you don't want to kiss at the end, that'd be weird, but you don't have to. There's no rules on this, except for one. There's one thing you cannot take out of a marriage ceremony, and guess what that would be? The vows. Somewhere in there, I got to get them to say, I do. I got to get them to say, I do. Or something like that, where there is, a, there is an exchange of this is who we want to be. We want to stand before God and our friends and family and say, treat us as one. I love my brother-in-law. Love him to death. Uh, dated a gal for 12 years. And uh, my kids were asking, do we call her aunt? Like, not yet. Not yet. They're not married. And they were like, why don't you call her aunt? They're not married. <laughs> well, why do we have to get the state involved? <laughs> that's, that's one question I like to ask. Uh, and they got married, so now, now she's aunt. But uh, that's one, co- uh, I can't remember if I did this to your kids or not. Uh, the uh, f- couples that come in, sometimes I'm a little uh, tongue-in-cheek, and I say, why? Why get married? Why get the state involved? <laughs> You know, nowadays, it doesn't seem like there's a big deal about just just living together, right? This is not a moral statement or anything like that, but back in my day, and I know I'm older than almost all of you, uh, back in my day, I just joined AARP, leave me alone, Uh, because I want the discounts at age 50, because I'm cheap. But uh, uh, back in my day, uh, you couldn't get a hotel room together. If you weren't married. My mom remembers when she couldn't get a credit card without my dad signing it. Remember those days? 
Nowadays, it's a free-for-all. And maybe it's a good thing that we've opened up about some things. But uh, uh, (laughs) this whole marriage thing, why? Why get the state involved? Just live together. And eventually, they, they, I ask why. Why get involved? And, they, and they're like, well, I love her. This is the next step. Her dad really wants us to. <laughs> I had that one recently. Uh, but eventually, they get around to the idea of commitment. They get around the idea of, of they want to take that step forward and say, this is who I want to be. This is who I want to spend the rest of my life with. And that's, that's what a marriage is. It's the promise. The backbone of a marriage isn't love. Love helps, but it's the promise. All the vows that we give, there's nothing in there about love. It's all about being faithful and true. And what shatters, what shatters faithfulness is an affair. Adultery destroys trust. It destroys loyalty. It destroys faithfulness. Now, I believe that all things can be redeemed. And I believe that marriages can work. And I know some marriages that are now stronger after an affair. I'm not planning on testing it. But I know. I know all things. God is a God of second chances. But it hurts. In the end, God knows what's best for us. What's the ethic that I use uh, when, when dealing with sexual ethics? Love does no harm. Love does no harm. If there's a loving, kind, committed relationship, God bless it. If there's abuse, if there's coercion, if there's age discrepancy of like, uh, you can't marry a 12-year-old, harm. That's, those are the rules that, that kind of seep out of the Bible. Love does no harm. In the olden, I didn't tell the first service this, in the olden days, I don't know if, uh, if you ever had this. I have never seen this question asked in real life. But in every single movie of a wedding, it's always in there. Does anyone have just cause why these two people should not be married? Speak now or forever. Well, you've, have, you, have, have you ever seen that actually at a wedding? Judy has. Your wedding. Did anyone stand up and... They should have. <laughs> gotcha. It's all good. Uh, we always took, took that question to, to be like some guy in the back. I love her. Don't marry him. You know, it's kind of a more of an opinion. I'm, I'm just gathering opinions about how this should go. Uh, in the olden, olden days, before marriage licenses were a thing, before you went down to the county courthouse and got your marriage license, the county asks you a bunch of questions. What's your age? Uh, are you legally able to do this? Are you doing this on your own volition? Those, are, those sorts of questions. Um, are you married somewhere else? In the olden, olden days, the pastor would ask the question just to ask, is there any reason why this can't happen? Your opinion doesn't matter, but is there any, any reason why legally this is wrong? Is he married in another state? Does she have 12 kids that he does not know about? That kind of thing. It was more information. Uh, but I've never seen it in real life. Um, 
every now and then, like uh, one out of every three weddings, uh, a phone goes off somewhere in the, in the, in the folk. And we always pause for a second. And uh, I usually say something like, all objections to the wedding have to be made in person. You can't phone them in. But in the end, God knows what's best for us. We might think that the church's view of sexuality is outdated, out of touch, not relevant. They might have something to that. But just for fun, let's look at the upsides and the downsides to intimacy in certain scenarios. Because a teenager once asked me, why, Pastor Mike, why can't I sleep with Susie? I'll pick on that name, Susie. And so just for fun, I said, all right, well, let's look at this. Upsides, downsides. What are the upsides? And he says, I get to be intimate with Susie. I'm like, yes, that's an upside. I get to, it's an upside. God made it to be an upside. That's why, we, that's why we're there. But I said, what are the downsides? And I don't know if he aced sex ed as a, as a kid, but he, he just rattled off all the downsides why this was a bad idea. And can you, can you imagine, can you tell me what some of those might have been? What are the downsides of intimacy when you were way too young? Pregnancy. STDs. AIDS. Fear of rejection in the morning. Uh, fear that's going to get all over the internet nowadays. What happens? Um, dad's going to kill you. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. A whole lot of downsides. For a short period of pleasure. So I asked, how, how are you, you going to respond if one of those downsides take place? Because it's not going to happen. I'm like, <clears throat> if they never happen, then we wouldn't be talking about it. But they happen. Pregnancy. Not a moral statement, just a fact. 30% of young women become pregnant before the age of 20. That's our country. 30%. One out of three women, 20 or younger, will be pregnant age 20. Many terminate the pregnancy. Laws are getting a little more restrictive in that area. Many keep the baby and blammo. Hey, you're going to be a dad. Are you cool with that? <laughs> Not cool with that at all. Uh, so it can happen. It can happen. And only eight, eight out of ten men do not marry the girl they got pregnant. Uh, for teenagers here in America. I had to check the stats. I checked these stats this morning just to make sure I'm speaking truth. STDs, are you okay with that? Uh, he goes, what do you mean? And again, I checked the stats this morning to make sure I was right. One out of five people in the U.S., regardless of age, one out of five currently, currently has an STD. 20%. Two-thirds of these are in people less than 25 years of age. In other words, according to the CDC, one half of young adults uh, sexually active have an STD. If you're under 25 and you sleep with someone, flip a coin. That's what you're playing with. Are you okay with that? I asked him, how long you been dating? He goes, two months. I said, can you wait a year? He goes, I don't think we'll be dating in a year. Back away. You don't want to be tied with a baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I finished off the uh, conversation. You know, if you, if you do go through with this, you, you should not enjoy it because you should be freaking out about all the downsides. Let me flip it. Now pretend two people who are married. 
and they have an intimate moment. They get all the upside. What are the downsides? STDs? Probably very little, depending on past life, but I, I don't have a fear of that. Pregnancy? If it happens, great. You know, it's not a catastrophe. It's a blessing. Even the oops are loved, right? Uh, wait till I finish this statement. Raise your hand if you were an oops, you know of an oops, or you had an oops. Yeah. Well, most of us are oops, right? Very few kids are planned. Most of us are surprises. Most married people have no fear of rejection, nothing to worry about. We don't have fear of putting stuff on the internet. That'd be weird. We get all the upsides. None of the downsides. God is pretty smart. Intimacy was meant to be a blessing, not a curse. And if you're worried about the downsides, maybe we're not supposed to, you know, it's just supposed to stay away. The more committed and loving the relationship, the more that intimacy becomes a blessing. And how do we know if it's a loving and committed and caring relationship? In our culture? If you got the ring. When you take that step forward and say, this is who I want to be. You and me. It's not that God is a cosmic killjoy. He just doesn't want us to get hurt. God's laws are meant not to control us, but to protect us often from ourselves. The sermon title is Hands Off. Hands Off Part 1, Adultery, uh, Stealing and Coveting are the other hands off that you'll get here in the next few weeks. But should we keep our marriage vows? Should we keep our marriage promises? It promises a life of faithfulness, a life of trust, a life of blessing, and a life worth remembering. For as long as we both shall live. And the family of God said, Amen. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus was having a meal. They were celebrating the Passover. Celebrating the faithfulness of God who had promised to free them from slavery. And through the personhood of Moses, did that. Jesus was celebrating this meal 1,300 years after Moses. They were still remembering that promise. And during the meal, Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it. And he said, take and eat, all of you. This is my body shed for you. And after the meal, he took the cup. Poured out the fruit of the vine and he said, take and drink, all of you. This is my blood shed for you. For the forgiveness of sins, do this in my name. In the Methodist Church, there are no rules about who can or cannot take communion. All you need is a willingness to come forward and be with the Savior for a moment. This is an open table. We'll come down the, uh, the middle aisle, take a piece of bread, take a cup of juice, partake. You'll notice in the corners over here, places to put the uh, disposables. Uh, we do have a gluten-free option that is in the orange basket uh, that'll be up here as well. If you cannot come forward afterwards, Stephanie and I will come, come to you. The table is set. Please come forward.
come to the offertory, a word of thanks to those who participate in the giving to this church. You make ministry and love happen. Uh, just to keep you in the know, um, in the last uh, just last under two weeks, uh, Cassie Collins, who is our children's minister, turned in her two weeks notice. Can I hear a gasp? She has done a wonderful job, and I will speak more about it uh, next week when they're all back from family camp. Uh, but uh, Malia Paz, who has three kids, usually comes to this service. They sit right back there. Uh, she is looking to get back into church work. She's worked in a church before, and she has little kids in the program, and, uh, and she has uh, the staff parish interviewed, offered her the position, and uh, she has accepted. So uh, I, 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 this is a time of giving you horrible news and wonderful news at the same time. Uh, but we will celebrate them more a little bit next week. I just wanted to share now, in case you heard through the rumblings, like there might be a change. But uh, we just pray uh, for Cassie and her family as they go through what they're going through and uh, welcome Malia on board. Let us receive the offertory. stand and sing our closing song and this is one I don't know or do I know this one Big Daddy Weave Weave did this one audience of one Thank you. 
upstairs folk for making this service happen. For all of you online, thank you for joining us. And to all of you, we pray God's blessings on you this week. One more quick story. Maybe I told this a year ago. I'm not sure. But I, was, I walked into this hospital room. I was visiting a gal at the church. She was about 90, 91 years of, uh, of age. She was in there for dehydration, needed some rest, a little IV thing to, to get, bump her up. Um, and we had, we had a nice visit. We had a prayer, you know, hand-in-hand prayer. And on my way out, I wrote on her board, Exodus 14, 14. Figured she could look it up later. God bless the Gideons. They put Bibles everywhere. Uh, All it says is, uh, the Lord will fight for you. You just need to rest and be still. Totally taken out of context in the story, but it works for here. Uh, Two days later, she was still there. So I go back to visit, and we, we visit for a bit, a little prayer, hand, and after the prayer, I say, amen, and I start to back away, and she holds on to my hand. <laughs> and I look at her, and she goes, Pastor, why did you put that on my board? And in my head, I'm like, well, if you looked it up, it's, it's kind of obvious, but uh, help, help me out. <laughs> she goes, well, when you left, the nurse and I looked it up. And she got, the, she got the Bible out. She opened it up. She opened up Exodus 20, 14, which, as you now know, says, thou shalt not commit adultery. <laughs> We had a laugh about that, and, and on the way out, the nurse caught me and said, that cheered her up more than anything, <laughs> that her pastor was worried that she would break this commandment in the hospital, and she just perked right back up. You never know what the Spirit's going to do. May your spirit go out of this room with joy. May your heart leave this space in peace, and may our hands and feet leave this sanctuary in service. Amen.